Welcome to Digication Scholars Conversations. I'm your host, Kelly Driscoll. In this episode, you'll hear part two of my conversation with Jillian Hannum from Manhattanville College. More links and information about today's conversation can be found on Digication's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Full episodes of Digication Scholars Conversations can be found on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. You are about to hear part two of our conversation with Jillian Hannum from Manhattanville College. Please be sure to listen to our previous episode to hear part one of this conversation. Uh, I know when I was teaching, I was often rather stunned with how my students hadn't really seen some of what they were doing in courses as valuable until they were taking the time to see how they kind of connected together and um, different ways that they were kind of serving what they plan to do in the future. So it's fantastic to hear that those kinds of things are, are happening at Manhattanville. And um, I was curious, do you recall some of the specific prompts that you have used with students that you felt um, really seem to help them make those deep connections that you were speaking of and working with schools, we're always hearing from them. You know, we've tried to just say, what are you learning and what do you want to do differently? And we're not getting the, we're not getting to the heart of it. So, so often we hear, you know, what, what really are the right questions to ask? Well, I mean, in my experience, what I found is the ones that, you know, connect them to where they want to go in life. So I think, you know, one of the ones that that in some ways proves to be challenging to the students because they haven't necessarily thought about it, but which they find really rewarding once they do, is asking them, you know, where in your life up to this point have you had to um, use ethical reasoning and ethical decision making? And if you were going to tell somebody about that, how would you do that? And one of the things that that students say after taking these classes is that they feel really well prepared for interviews because the kinds of things that we ask them to write about are, you know, the very kinds of issues that come up uh, in job interviews. And in fact, I always start the class on the first day. Um, I use one of those little, you know, job interview survey things that you find online and take them through um, some, some questions and have them respond. And, um, you know, they see that really employers want specific answers to things. So where specifically, what can you point to? And then they start thinking and they realize, you know, there was that time when they were an RA and they had to write somebody up. Or, you know, there was that time when, you know, they were put in charge of something and and somebody wasn't, you know, pulling their weight. And so I think... um, any question that makes them dig deeply and be specific about something um, is really the answer. And, um, you know, it kind of varies based on the topic. Um, you know, with, with creativity, you know, students tend to think, oh, creativity is art. You know, I don't do art. I'm not creative. Sure, sure. So, all right, you've got to dig a little deeper. You know, how are you? creative. Creativity is problem solving. Don't you solve problems? And, you know, then they begin to go down that road. So, um, 
I guess that's that's the approach that I've found helpful. Yeah, that's great. And I, and I do think when you get into these um, more specific kinds of questions, that that's when you are probably finding that you get more of these personal narratives connected to uh, what they're learning through your program. So um, it's kind of bridging their life experience with their their classroom experience at the same time. Because it's the whole package, right? It is. That's your education. That's your life. So Exactly. Yeah, it's a very holistic um, approach. Yeah. One other thing that we do, you were asking about audience, and one other thing that we do at the upper levels when we ask them to create a public portfolio, um, I pair my students with alumni who are working in a field that they're interested in working with, and I have them do an informational interview with that alum to just sort of learn, you know, what they do, what their path was, Um, you know, what was valuable from their Manhattanville education to help them get where they are. And then I asked them at the end of the semester to share a link to their final course portfolio with that alum and get some feedback from them about, you know, whether they feel that, you know, this is a good presentation for somebody who would want to work in that field. So, you know, that's yet another audience. And then we also have been sharing them particularly, um, since the pandemic, we used to have an in-person showcase at the end of each semester. And, you know, people would come to a room and we'd have the students set up at terminals and they'd show their portfolios and people would walk around. And that was always a nice event, but um, we couldn't do that last spring or fall, probably not this semester. So um, we created an online uh, showcase. I made a a gigantic Digication (laughs) e-portfolio with tabs for the different classes and then linked up the individual portfolios to those. And we sent it out to the whole community. And because those were all public portfolios, the students could forward them to their family, friends, and relatives. And, um, you know, in some ways I think we got, you know, even much wider exposure doing that. So. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that you shared that because I um, have found that although these have been incredibly challenging times um, that many institutions and faculty members and students have just uh, really touched on this point about creativity that you were speaking about earlier and have delved into new ways that they can um, continue to have connections and community uh, even though we're apart and um you know, just making use of all of the tools that they have available to shine light on the work and experience that's still happening um, despite all of the challenges. Yeah, we we so, used e- ePortfolio for Earth Week. We did a, a virtual Earth Week all on Digication last April. Oh, that's fantastic. We did it again this year. So, And we'll be sure to share links to those other ePortfolios too um, and highlight some of the, the students that you spoke about as well so folks have the chance to um, – kind of navigate through those and, and learn more about how they might implement something like that on their campus too. Um, I did want to um, hear 
a little bit, if you've heard from some students, you mentioned that there's some connections that you make with current students with alumni uh, to get feedback on their e-portfolios and um, their kind of readiness to prepare to um, show themselves to potential employers in those fields. Are some of these alumni, um, did they go through the Atlas program and create portfolios themselves too? I'm just kind of interested if they've. Um, yes, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes kind of it's, it's a mixture. You know, it's sometimes it's a student who's been out for, you know, eight or 10 years. Sometimes it's a student who's just been out for a couple of years. It's, you know, as a small liberal arts college, we get to know the students pretty well. So you know, it's probably like the old time matchmakers thinking about, you know, who would be a good, a good pair. But, right, um, right. but, you know, for sure, sometimes as early as the next year, sometimes I'll, I'll hit up a student who, you know, did Compass last year. And this year, I'll say, you know, would you be willing to, and they're, they're thrilled to do that. They get excited when, you know, they see that they've moved on into that position. And uh, particularly for students interested in particular graduate program, somebody who's in that program at the moment is really a great connection to have. And um, many of the students continue to use their portfolios after they graduate as well. Um, one of the ones that I shared for today, um, Taylor Sinclair, I just happened to pull up her portfolio when I was looking through last year's bunch and you know saw that she's been updating it even though she graduated uh, last May and she's you know, now positioned herself as a professional rather than a college student. And, um, right. you know, there are others that, that are doing that as well. So that's fabulous. Yeah, we we um, really want alumni to continue to have connections to the institution and um, be able to make use of all of the time and effort uh, that they put into their e-portfolios after graduation. And we do find that some students will continue to update the portfolios that they developed while they were students and others start to create new e-portfolios around um, specific kinds of um, jobs that they've had or career aspirations that they have. Um, and I love that you've been able to um, get alumni involved with the students to give them that um, feedback to help them get ready for those those next steps. Um, on your website, I saw that you've collected some really nice testimonials from students uh, about the Atlas program. And I was curious if there were any kinds of um, testimonials or feedback that surprised you that you hadn't planned for or things that you saw students doing that um, maybe made you expand some of your thinking about how the program works? Well, I think we've certainly seen over time um, through what students have done in the original classes, possibilities for expanding in other areas. Certainly the the standalone intercultural awareness class sort of grew out of the, the little taste of intercultural awareness that they got in the passport class. And um, we saw that students were interested in that uh, and that there was, you know, a need to develop that. And so, um, you know, that kind of developed on its own. Similarly, I think in many ways, the, the student leadership class, which 
was developed in conjunction with um, our Center for Student Involvement and Leadership on campus, um, grew in part out of having students in the other Atlas classes needing to think about you know, what kind of leader they are, if they had to describe their leadership style, what would it be? Um, can they give an example of when they feel that they've been an effective leader? And um, so I think that laid the groundwork for then, again, a standalone class. And um, we just offered it for the first time this semester. We um, put two sections up. They both filled early with a waiting list. So um, it's an area where there's a lot of interest. And again, there really wasn't a niche in our academic curriculum um, that lent itself particularly to that. So a lot of these interdisciplinary things um, have been a good fit for us. Um, we also um, collaborate with the first year program. In fact, the, the whole first year program, the freshman seminar, uh, is now all using Digication um, because of the ability to assess the first year program. Uh, after some years of doing different things, we've moved back to a, a common theme first year seminar. And um, it's, it's based on the history and mission of the college. And uh, all of the students in that and all the, of the faculty are, are using ePortfolio, at least to some extent. Um, you know, not, as, not quite at the level that we do in the Atlas classes, but it's familiarizing you know, many more students uh, with ePortfolio pedagogy. So, yeah. Right, right. Fabulous. Um, and I, I know, I, I think I saw at some point that the advising intersects with the um, kind of pathways that the students are on. Do the portfolios play a role in that as well? Um, yes and no. I mean, we've tried different things at different times and it, it kind of changes when the registration uh, mm -hmm. backdoor stuff changes. So sure, for, a sure. while, for a while, we were using uh, a tool specifically in education with all the advisors, but then we got kind of a new package software that, you know, meshed with our uh, registration system. So at the moment, we're not doing exactly that, but um, we do have um, several people from the advising staff who teach in the Atlas program. So um, we also have um, advising staff come into the Atlas classes and engage in discussion about forward planning. So even though they're now doing that actual planning in the student planning tool rather than on a separate ePortfolio, uh, it's building again on that reflective practice. And one other thing we found is that um, you know, colleges, liberal arts colleges in particular, have general education requirements, and the students have got to take, you know, humanities and social science and math and science, right, and right. you know, and often the students are thinking, why do I have to take that? You know, I'm not ever going to do anything with that. Well, one of the interesting things that we found, particularly at the junior and senior level, is as they're thinking about these skills that employers are looking for, sometimes they're finding that they develop those in a required course that, you know, right. they yeah. might not have otherwise taken. And yeah. um, so it's, it's been a really good, um, you know, advertising, if you will, um, for general education and the gen ed program. Yeah. So that fits in very well with advising. And, and yeah, you know, we have um, both the advising staff and the student mentors 
um, come and speak, especially um, at the first two years to the students in the Atlas classes. That's great. And um, I had a question about uh, your classes as they're kind of exploring these different occupations and learning about some of the skills that the employers are looking for. And do you find that some students as they're going through this process um, kind of shift where they may have initially been thinking as they start to learn more about themselves through this process? I think they certainly broaden. Um, and sometimes they shift. I mean, usually by the time they're juniors, they're, you know, there's some level of, of certainty. Or more often they have an idea of the general direction they want to go, mm -hmm. but maybe not the specifics. So they might know that they want to go into, you know, some kind of humanitarian service work or, you know, something along those lines. But they're not sure exactly what. And so having the opportunity to dig a little deeper, um, to talk to somebody who's working in that field um, can help them, I think, to, to narrow that focus and, and get a clearer idea of where they might fit in. Great. And I know you mentioned that um, with the Atlas program, it's always something that's kind of growing and developing over time as you use it. Um, can you speak to any of the kind of things that you might be planning next? Well, I mean, I think, you know, one of the things we want to do is just, you know, continue to grow the program. Um, you know, we've, I think, done quite well since 2016 in terms of um, both the number of students that we've touched. We tend to have maybe about 10, 11, 12 sections of Atlas mm -hmm. classes uh, running each semester. Um, I think there are possibilities to merge it perhaps more fully with things like our internship program. Uh, we do have an Atlas fourth credit option that uh, allows students to earn an additional one credit by doing service learning in conjunction with another class that they're taking. And uh, we have a couple of students every semester who opt for that. And so that, uh, again, uses the ePortfolio platform to keep the, the community service um, director who oversees the placement, the course instructor, and the Atlas instructor and the student all seeing what's going on from week to week. They keep a journal. They do reflection papers. Um, they um, meet periodically with the course instructor and document that. Um, and we've talked off and on. Um, about you know perhaps also uh, moving in that direction with internships as well. In, in my department in art history, uh, we do do the internship on an e-portfolio. We actually have um, all of our students create a portfolio that we use within our department um, to see if we're meeting the learning objectives that we claim that we're you know asking students to learn. So um, in the junior and senior year, we set them up with a. Uh, a, a portfolio to assess that. And we asked them to um, look at the various areas for learning objectives and to put some pieces of work up that they feel demonstrates that and to say why. And then we also include um, their record of their internship there. And again, you know, they have it all in one place. If they're going to go and apply to graduate school, which a number of them do, um, they've got, you know, samples of their best papers. They've got 
you know, their internship record, all of it right in one place at their fingertips. So um, and it's been effective in that as well. Well, Jillian, it's been so wonderful to talk to you today. One of my last questions for you was really about um, this extraordinary experience and history that you have at the college. And if there's some things that you might share about where you would like to go next and um, maybe highlight what you feel most um most proud of during your time uh, at Manhattanville? So Kelly knows I'm retiring at the end of this semester after 34 years, I guess. And, um, you know, it's a little bittersweet. It's been, it's been perfect for me. You know, I couldn't have wound up in a better place. Um, the things that I think have been most meaningful to me, uh, because it's a, a small personal college, I've made lifelong friendships with students. You know, there's, I have a friend that, you know, she was in the very first class. She was a senior the year that I was hired. You know, she's one of my best friends now. And um, so, and you know, there are many, many examples of that over the years. So I think, you know, those connections, I think feeling like you've made a difference. Um, you know, teaching is really something that's a calling, you know, there are other things you can do where you'd, you know, maybe make more money or it'd be a little bit more glamorous. But, you know, I think there's not a day when you're a teacher when you don't make a difference for somebody. And um, I think that's just incredibly rewarding. And, you know, for me, Manhattanville has been terrific because it's allowed me to, to do a lot of different things. Um, I've had opportunities to, to take students on study tours to Europe. I, I've been to Venice more times than I can count with groups <laughs> of students uh, and just being able to, to have students who maybe have never been out of the country before uh, experience, you know, another place, another culture, see, you know, the art in situ is, is just wonderful. Um, so those are, are all incredibly, you know, meaningful things. And what am I going to do next? Well, I'm probably going to start to learn again, I think. I have a couple of things I'm working on. I'm working on a, uh, a book project with another art historian uh, about um, the political engagement of women artists from the 1970s to the present. So that's a, an ongoing project that we're supposed to wrap up the, the text by the end of the calendar year. Um, I'm involved with a couple of arts organizations in New York City. I'm on the board of the Print Club of New York. So uh, I will have more time to go to galleries and exhibitions yeah. and things like that. Um, attend lectures, travel, um, read that pile of books that I haven't had time to, <laughs> to get to yet. So, uh, so all of those things. So, yeah. Well, that sounds fabulous. And um, you... You have definitely made a difference, and I can speak to that personally also. Um, knowing you and your work with uh, ePortfolios and um, your just amazing commitment to your students and the institution um, has been very inspiring, and uh, the way that you have been utilizing Digication um, has also 
helped us really learn about different ways that we can continue to kind of push and grow our technology to to suit fascinating um, educators like yourself. So I, um, you have made such a difference for me personally, um, but the the company and the technology too. So I wanted to thank you for that. Thanks to Digication for, you know, you guys have been terrific when we've had an idea or wanted to do something or, you know, wanted to do something a little differently. You know, you've just been great working with us to, to make that happen. And, and we really appreciate it. And, um, you know, again, I'm happy, you know, to have you share my email if, if people have questions or would like more information about something, I'm, you know, Thank very you. happy to, to do that. And, um, you know, again, it's for me, you know, it's, it's kept things interesting and, and creative. I, I use it in my art history classes. I have the students um, create virtual exhibitions. Um, you know, using the, the gallery function and so forth in digication um, to, to learn about, you know, thinking through how you exhibit art. So uh, it's, it's a very versatile tool. <laughs> we, we try. Yeah. <laughs> but we always, you know, and during this last year, even, you know, we've seen new ways that people are putting it to work. So it always, keeps us thinking about other things that we might be able to, to build or refine. And so it's, it's exciting. Um, so thank you again so much for, for joining us today. It was wonderful to see you and to learn more about you and the Atlas program and some of the history with uh, portfolios at the, the institution. So well, thank, thank you, you, Kelly. I enjoyed it. See you. Digication Scholars Conversations is brought to you by Digication, a technology platform powering the most innovative e-portfolio programs in K-12 and higher education. Our website can be found at digication.com. This episode was produced by Drew Albanicius and Amanda Driscoll. Thanks for listening.